think a lot of times entrepreneurs take for granted the, our risk tolerance. So I'll start talking about the amount of money that I have to invest or how much this is a big deal. Whereas I can see people are, at, are across the table from me vividly uncomfortable because it's not ever a conversation that they've had with themselves or even at all. And certainly it's not that level of risk was not anything that they would have ever considered. So what does mojo mean to you? Welcome to CEO Mojo, where we inspire business leaders to get motivated. In our weekly podcast, we talk about the ideas, stories, and lessons of these successful entrepreneurs and how they overcome the challenges that hold them back from getting in touch with their mojo so that you will get motivated. Our host is Joe Applebaum, CEO and co-founder of Ajax Union a digital marketing agency based in Brooklyn. Joe is a certified Google trainer and was featured on Fox Business News, Bloomberg, and The Wall Street Journal. He's a published author, and his thought leadership appears regularly on Forbes, Business Insider, and Entrepreneur.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Apfelbaum. Hello and welcome to another amazing episode of CEO Mojo. Today I'd like to introduce my friend and fellow CEO, Laura Webb. Laura is the president of Webb Insurance Group, an independent agency that handles every aspect of home, automobile, and business insurance services. Webb Insurance Group won South Tampa Business of the Year in 2008. Laura is the president of Entrepreneurs Organization in Tampa Bay. I'm really excited to interview Laura Webb today, so let's get this started. Welcome to another amazing episode of CEO Mojo. Thank you for joining us here today. I really appreciate you being part of this program, Laura. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the invitation. So as you might know, we speak about the beliefs, the failures, the work ethic, focus, fears, relationships, and purpose that entrepreneurs need to have to take their business and their life to the next level. Now, I know as you as an amazing entrepreneur that's wholesome and has built this amazing company from zero to north of seven figures, you've had some beliefs that you probably used to have that you would need to challenge in order for you to be able to achieve this type of success. We all had beliefs that we had to kind of like change and challenge. What are some beliefs that you had about yourself or about business or about luck or about the world that you kind of had to really question and then change in order for you to be able to be such a successful entrepreneur? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, well, I think that one thing I definitely learned the hard way was that not all people want the like right thing. Um, you know, all people are still good. Don't get me wrong. But I think I, I definitely um, was naive to thinking that all people have um, the same values that I do. So that's been, um, you know, definitely something that I've had to just um, be a lot more cognizant of, um, especially in doing business and things along those lines. Um, in insurance, for it, for definitely, is, um, especially when I come up against some of my, uh, I don't mean to speak ill about my competitors, but you definitely have conversations with prospects and um, you just, you're happy that they found you because that you know that um, the integrity that you have within your corporation and the employees that you know, you've chosen to hire within your corporation and the level of integrity that they have is beneficial for the client. So, yeah, it's just know. so amazing. It's just so amazing to see that I also had that self-limiting belief. And I always thought that everybody wants to be an entrepreneur and everybody wants to kill it and everybody wants to improve their self and kind of do all that stuff. And I realized, you know what? No, I'm, everyone has values. Just because your values are different than mine, that doesn't make you worse. But 
yes, our competitors don't have the same values as we do. They don't necessarily care about their clients and their employees as much as we do. We, were, we had a little workshop, what did you learn from 2016 um, yesterday? And everyone's talking and we're like, okay, what did you learn at the previous company that you were at that you can bring to Ajax Union? We asked some of the new people. And they're like, they were pretty, they weren't as, I mean, I, I like, Ajax Union is one of the most amazing places because of the values and the vision and all that stuff. But those companies were just very reactive. They weren't, they didn't do anything for their employees. They didn't really, you know, they're like trying to think about what they could bring and they were scratching the bottom of the barrel and they're like, you know what? Most companies are not like that. Most people are not like that. And I had to, I had to kind of like believe that, you know what? Maybe I am special. Maybe there is something special about me. Did you ever feel that? Oh, that's definitely, um, it's hard to, it's hard to wrap your arms around, right? It really, <laughs> say, it's a like, big responsibility. There is, right. Well, and you know what I think too, is that I think a lot of times entrepreneurs take for granted our risk tolerance. Like, mm -hmm. I really don't think we think about the amount of risk that we just willingly take on without even considering it because it just doesn't, it doesn't phase us per se. Whereas, so I'll start talking about the amount of money that I have to invest or how much this is, what's our going to be, um, you know, what is going to be the layout that we have to do? And I'm just talking about it like it's no big deal. Whereas I can see people are, are across the table from me vividly uncomfortable because it's not ever a conversation that they've had with themselves or even at all. And certainly it's not that level of risk was not anything that they would have ever considered. So, yeah. And you as an insurance person, you know, everything about risk. Right. <laughs> <You're> risk <specialist. laughs> yeah. So as an entrepreneur, we have to take some major risks and, and sometimes being able to overcome that failure that most people just can't overcome. And that takes me to the second question. Has there been a failure, a catastrophic failure in your business, a story about something that you kind of had to show resilience, you had to overcome something that maybe the average person would not be able to overcome. And as a result, you were able to be as successful as you are. Was, was there a failure that you want to share? Yeah. So, um, I would say in one specific um, situation, I had an employee that um, had, she had some um, criminal activity that had affected her license. And um, I definitely probably did not, I was not involved, as involved as I should have been with what the outcome of that was going to be. Um, like, what's the status of it? Where are we? Oh, it's fine. It's coming along. It's fine. And that was really putting the agency at risk of, um, of potential failure. And so, from that, I learned that I, you know, I do need to be a little bit more in some people's business than, um, again, I probably had been in the past. So that would say, because, and the reason I even bring that up is that that then turned into, because of the nature of the situation, it turned into a culture issue. Um, so it affected a lot more than just that one individual. It affected the overall organization because obviously um, things had to be kept private. And, um, you know, so there was only so much you could share, but then the impression on the outside, it really made um, a lot more, it made a very difficult situation. So yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely learned a lot from that. From a, and, and so to say that it was a failure, I think the, I, I mean, I don't know who, I, I know I let myself down, um, obviously maybe some of my other employees. So um, yeah, that was definitely. Sometimes we got to make some really, really tough decisions. And, you know, sometimes when we, when we don't make those decisions right away, we end up learning for the future and saying, oh my goodness, you know, next time I really have to kind of change because I really impacted my company. I really impacted the people's um, integrity and so on. So that's very sure. powerful to see. 
You have one of the most amazing work ethics that I've seen in entrepreneurs. You're always killing it. You're always pushing it. Even at events, you're learning and growing. Where do you get your amazing work ethic from? Oh, my dad. <laughs> for sure. Um, my dad, you know, I don't know if you would necessarily call himself an entrepreneur per se. Um, you know, I've had this conversation with my forum on quite a few um, times because I feel like there might be a difference between like business owners and entrepreneurs because my dad owned his business. He was an accountant. He had a, um, a firm. He had, you know, but he wasn't necessarily trying to reinvent. I mean, accountants are, are somewhat, you know, they can, they can be creative, but there's also a limit, much like insurance agents. A lot of our um, we recently submitted the business of the year application for the South Tampa Chamber of Commerce. And one of the questions was, how is your company innovative? And you know, my comment was, it's really difficult to be innovative when you have a product that's regulated. So the way that we found ourselves to try and be innovative is um, the way that we communicate with clients. We try and be easy to do business with. We send documents via you know, electronic signature as opposed to making them come in and sign them or even some um, agencies still use faxing and, you know, mm. you have to sign it and fax it back. So we tried to be more innovative within our culture as opposed to innovative from our product. But going back to where my drive was, I would say that's probably the same thing with my dad. Like, I think he tried to be somewhat innovative with his um, company. And, but he definitely, I mean, CPAs work tremendous un goodness amount of hours during tax season. It's just, you know, but the one thing I will say too, is that he always made time for family. Like we had dinner together every single mm. night. So he either got up and was at the office at four in the morning, come home for dinner, and then, you know, maybe would take a nap or he would be at the office at eight, come home for dinner and go back until midnight or one o'clock in the morning. It's power to, powerful to see when you have a business owner or an entrepreneur that lives their life fully, that not only works really, really, really hard, but makes time for those that are important to them. And you could see the impact that your father had on you. And as a result of him working really, really hard, but also having the value of coming home for the family created this balance of, I work really, really hard, but at the same time, I care about my employees. I care about the environment. I care about the community. I care about my clients. And that's what instills amazing values in people. Now, as entrepreneurs, it's so easy to get distracted with all the opportunity around us. You work with so many businesses and individuals doing their insurance. How do you stay focused on your most important goal when you have all these ideas floating around? Hmm. That's a great question. So of course, I mean, I think it's, you know, just keeping yourself accountable um, from a daily perspective, obviously, you know, I'm a, I'm a list maker. I list, I make it before I leave you know, the day before I even make lists sometimes for, you know, a week out for things that I need to like, okay, let me just let this marinate for a little while. Let's follow, follow up on it then. And, um, so, and it's interesting to always see what those lists look like, um, from, you know, a number standpoint, it's, we've got charts all over the office though, as far as, you know, the tactical parts of things, um, you know, I really try and get as many people to buy into it as possible so that we're all accountable for it. And it's not just my goal, it's a group goal. So I think that's for sure where we've, um, as an office, have been able to be um, successful in achieving the goals. So um. It's important to have other people buy in to your vision, to the Absolutely. goals, because it's so easy. Otherwise, you just get distracted. Everyone goes off and does their own thing. Right. Absolutely. So, Or they just don't realize the impact of, oh, well, you know, someone it's just one account. Well, okay, but that's one, you know, we have over 2,500 clients. Wow. Yes, but it's only one account. But, you know, if you say that for a certain number of people, then where do we end up with? So yeah. keeping those, you know, those numbers top of mind is really important. 
and having them as, as charts on the wall and the way that you're describing that, it's very, very powerful. I, I don't see that many companies doing that and putting that type of level of transparency in their organization. It's powerful that you do that with your employees and, and that drives the focus and all that. That's really cool. Now, let's talk a little bit about fears. We all have fears. We all have insecurities. We all have things that stop us from succeeding. For me, I had an intense fear of public speaking. I had an intense fear of networking and meeting people on the fly and so on. And I had to overcome those fears in order for me to find myself, in order for me to be myself, in order for me to get this motivated. What fears did you have to overcome as an entrepreneur in order for you to grow to the levels of success that you have? Um, yeah, I, hmm, that's probably still a work in progress because I would say that I am not necessarily afraid of public speaking, but I certainly haven't. I don't feel like I've mastered it. Um, I mean, so I definitely have that. That's um, still ongoing. Um, let's see other fears. We'll say that's, you know, like if we had to describe something specific, I'm not a bungee jumper, never done it, won't ever do it. But um, within business itself, um, I think getting to that transparent number and you know what, honestly was, I don't know if this was a fear or something that I just had to overcome, but because we work so hard on what we have, I had to overcome letting go and trusting people to come in, including my staff. Um, you know, my father was my accountant for however long. So now I'm actually having, he's retired. So I have to invite someone else to come in. And, you know, sometimes you have your house and you're comfortable with the way your house is made up. But when you invite other people into it, you kind of, it's a, it's, you're allowing yourself to become vulnerable. And so that's not always, um, comfortable per se, per se. And so I definitely think that, and, and that again, that may be something that's ongoing. And I hope that, you know, I think that's important for people to always be um, aware of who, who it is that they're interacting with and always have that um, constant again, awareness, I guess, for lack of a better term of who they're interacting with. So I think that's probably been something that I've have to overcome is just really allowing people to come in um, and, and, giving up a little bit. I don't like to say that I'm, I'm not at all. I wouldn't say I'm a control freak per se. I do like to know what's going on. Um, and so letting go of some of that has been something I've had to overcome. Wow. A lot of entrepreneurs that are listening to this right now probably resonate with letting go and, 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 and sometimes being vulnerable and sharing and so on. So yes, that's a fear that a lot of people have and overcoming that is so necessary in order for you to take your life and your business to the next level. Now, you have over 2,500 clients, you're doing insurance, you have uh, many employees. In order for you to be successful, you have to be able to tap into the leverage of relationships. And you're in a relationship-driven business. You, met, you mentioned about that one client, right? It's, if it's just one client. No, it's not just one client. Every relationship matters. So what does a relationship mean to you? Oh, I, I mean, one thing that is always important to me is other people knowing that they can trust me and that I am like, there's, if, if there was one, in fact, I had, a, um, I attended a funeral this past weekend of a, a good friend's mother and I was sitting there thinking, you know, how would I be described um, at my funeral? And I hope that the one thing that would be, that would be said is that she, you, you, you always knew she was being honest. Like you may not have wanted to hear what she had to say, but she was definitely being honest. And I feel like that would be one thing that you can definitely, um, you know, that's important to me within relationships is that I want people, I don't ever want anyone to think that, um, to not trust me again, trust and respect as we, 
um, knows so very well is a very important core value. And that's definitely something that I, I always want to know that um, I'm genuine in my giving and genuine in my relationship with whoever I'm in, with whoever I'm in a relationship with. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, very powerful. So how do you take a relationship to the next level? Like what is it that you do in order for you to, to really drive that, like, because relationships are so important to you. It's, it's, it's one of the things that you want to be remembered by. How do you take a relationship to the next level? What are some things that you do? I mean, I feel like any time that you can invest in someone else is a way for you to take that relationship to another level. Obviously, again, um, it's, and especially if you do it without expecting anything in return, it's just a matter of, Hey, you know, if you can make a connection for that person that would benefit them. Or if you can, um, you know, recently, you know, I hope this is something that, that they're take, feeling is taking to the next level. I'm really strongly encouraging my employees to start volunteering and, you know, getting involved in the community service. And, um, so it's not something that they had really even considered before, but, you know, I feel like it's important for them to, to give back. And so hopefully that's, um, you know, hopefully our relationship is improving as a result of that because hopefully their their feeling of fulfillment with what they're giving back to the community is benefiting them. Um, That's powerful. I, yeah, I think any time that you can invest in someone else is always going to be a way for you to, you know, further strengthen the relationship that you have with them. I recently heard at, at a conference that we were both at, a NERVE conference in, in Boston, Massachusetts, and I heard a speaker say that um, – one of the most powerful things you can do to build a relationship with your family, and this probably applies to business too, is to volunteer. Like how often are you going out with your, with your kids or with your parents or with whatever, your family, and going out and doing some volunteering? And it's just something that you don't really think about when you're doing day-to-day. You're so busy with your hustle. You're so busy with work. You're so busy doing your thing. But when was the last time you went to a nursing home and cheered up some older folks, some senior citizens? When was the last time you went to a hospital and just – cheered somebody up that was dealing with some major issues. When was the last time that you went to go buy a random meal for a homeless person or, or join somebody in some struggle that they're having and so on, or, or even send somebody that you know is dealing with some issues, send them a text message of, of love and blessings and so on. When was the last time that you spent your time, volunteered your time thinking about somebody else? So that's such a powerful message. And that not only helps you build a relationship with them, it helps you take your relationships period to the next level because it, you start, it's like a muscle, right? You start valuing relationships more. Mm-hmm. You start doing more for people. You start thinking about it and it starts happening more. It's so powerful. Now, some people in business think that business is business and personal is personal and they don't mix the two. What do you feel about mixing business and personal and all that, especially in the light of your, one of your failures that you mentioned? Um, I think it is important. I, with, my, you know, with my business as well, I know that there is um, – Fortunately or unfortunately, again, because it's regulated, we don't necessarily have to, um, we're, we're not even able to, to give discount. In fact, this was one of the adversities that I talked about in our South Tampa Chamber um, business of the year, is that you know, we're not able to adjust the, the product at all. It's, it is what it is, and you know, we have to um, sell it the way that it comes. So, so we're not able to alter things. There's no friends and family discount or things along those lines. Um, so I think where, again, where I can help from business and personal is that when it comes time to a claim and obviously, um, 
I try, that's where I can potentially be personal with all of my clients because claims are just such an emotional time, whether it be auto or home or, you know, business, whatever the claim is. Um, it's an opportunity. It's a, it's a, it's an opportunity for um, me to really show the integrity of our agency and, you know, how we're able to here to support them. Um, but cause it is a time where it's very emotional for sure. It's, it's any sort of loss financially or, um, you know, homes with fires often there's a lot of very personal um, items that have been lost and can't be replaced but if we can you know be that support system to them then that's definitely an opportunity for us to be both you know business and personal um and it's powerful yeah help our clients that way that is powerful thank you for sharing that now how important is it to have purpose and meaning in your business some people say oh i'm just doing it for the money do you just do it for the money is this more than just a job for you? Oh yeah. And again, going back to like at the time of a claim, that's, I mean, on the sales side of things, it's very important for us to have conversations about what does the product mean and how will it help you in the event. Frankly, you know, we have the, we make the statement often, we hope you never have to use it, which is true. We do hope that, that people don't ever have to use their insurance. Cause again, that means that they've suffered a loss that they're having to use it no matter what the loss is. Um, so, but I have been able to go to homes that, you know, multi-million dollar homes that have literally burned to the ground and they have nothing but the clothes on their back so because they got out of the house in the middle of the night when the surge protector caught on fire and um definitely it's more that's when you know that it's more than a job wow you know how you can help them define where they're going to live where their kids are going to go you know are their kids going to have to change schools um those sorts of things and because they're not thinking with a clear head i had a client last week who has a horrible, horrible mold claim. And it was on a Friday afternoon. They're like, you cannot come back in this house because it's absolutely toxic and your children will, you know, everyone will get sick. And he's like, Laura, I don't have a suit to wear to work tomorrow. Um, so, you know, those are the opportunities where it, we can definitely provide that sort of support. And it's more than just a job. Wow. Wow. Very, very powerful. One final question that I'd like to ask the CEOs that come on this program. What does mojo mean to you? <laughs> smoothie talk <laughs> um yes i definitely have been exposed to more and more mojo as a result of knowing you joe so um but i think for a lot of people and for me and as well it's kind of it's where you're at your best it's where you um you enjoy being you know people always use the saying i gotta get my mojo back and clearly something's off for them if they feel like they have to get it back. So um, I think it's where it's someone where is most comfortable maybe, and it's where they feel like they're firing on all cylinders and where they're probably most proud of themselves as well. Wow, wow, that's very, very powerful. A place where you're firing at all cylinders that you're most proud of yourself. Thank you very much for being on this program, Laura. It was so amazing having you. Thanks for having me, I appreciate the opportunity. You've been listening to another episode of CEO Mojo, your source for amazing motivation. For more episodes that will get you motivated, go to www.ceomojo.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you've enjoyed this podcast, feel free to share it and let us know what you think. Thank you for joining us. And remember, Mojo Nation, stay motivated.